0: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association, N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
2: We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. UFC 234, the champ, Robert Whitaker, taking on Kelvin Gastelum for the middleweight championship of the world. In Australia, the co-main event is Anderson Silva taking on Israel Adesanya. I am your host of Fight IQ, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. We're going to talk all things UFC Two Thirty Four from a DraftKings perspective. Our analysts for the show, as always, it is Chris Olsen and Joe Sunsu. Guys, are you ready for this card, which I think is actually going to be better than people think? I I wouldn't pay sixty dollars for it. Hint, hint, that's all I'm going to say. But I do think it's a good card overall. It's a better-than-your-average fight night card. Thoughts on that, Chris?
3: Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, from a DK perspective, certainly it's interesting. I think um, the the real challenge here is going to be, because there are a lot of strong fighters in that 9K or close range, so the real challenge here is going to be deciding which of those 9K fighters you have to play in which you have to leave off. And there's going to be uh, maybe like a note of precision that you have to employ here that you normally don't necessarily need in other contests, so it's definitely going to be interesting.
2: Yeah, I find I agree. We're hurting for underdogs this week. A lot of 9K fighters we like. Um, on weeks like that, it's always find the right one, maybe two underdogs, plus really key in on these mid-range fights for your tournaments. That's how I generally see things. Joe, how how is this card shaping up from you top to well,
1: bottom? Let's put it this way. It can't be any worse than last week, which was a horrific for, everyone. for me. Um, uh, but it, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I won't, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not lobbying for followers here, but I made a, a kind of a horrific real world example of, of how my night was worse than that, um, which a lot of people thought was quite humorous. Um, it's the first time in recent memory where, well, one, my core was so incredibly tight with Moicano and Ramos that my night was effectively over when Ramos scored one point. Um, I had a few other lineups, but um, Moicano, you know, it just killed it. I I had nothing to look forward to. I did not get a dollar back in my, in my outlay. So um, this uh, week has got to be better than last week. I am feeling a lot better about it. Um, There are a couple of dogs that I think have legitimate chances to win or perform strongly. So, Um, let's move on
2: yep Um, let's do our our usual intros I will say off the bat guys if you can't tell I am a little bit hoarse this week I've been under the weather since since Monday Um, so if you hear any breaks it's because I'm muted and coughing and if my voice sounds scratchy I apologize we will get through it but let's move on to bigger and better same here guys
1: (laughs) just (laughs) just as an FYI and Sean and I do not live together so we didn't catch it from um, each other. Why
2: would you even throw that out there? Joe? <laughs> well, That's going to be you. brutal and shit.
1: Well, I'm letting people know that, you know, we both independently got sick at the same time, which you know, is going to, you know, some some suspicious people out there are going to say what are you guys doing? And I'm like, we each have wives, we don't live together. I mean, come on.
2: That that was that was rough. Anyway, yeah. um Fight IQ brought to you by Rotowire MMA. Thanks to those guys. Make sure to go to rotowire.com. slash free. 10-day free trial to all their usually premium content that is behind the paywall. For free, 10 days, no credit card required. Season-long optimizer. Daily fantasy, obviously. NBA, MMA, PGA, anything you want. Baseball. They have it. MLB coming back up. Make sure and check them out. I'll also plug all of our Twitters. I'll do the shameless plugging. I'm at the DFS Sniper. One S in that. Chris is at real Chris Olson. Joe is at Sun Tzu. I'm gonna take a quick sip of my very manly tea with honey, and we'll break down the first fight. Wow! Listen, nice. guys, you do whatever you have to do to stay healthy and stay in the game. No, it's not missing this. All right, we have. Well, we don't start at the, the first. We don't start at the main event, Sean. Whew. Willie <laughs> Willie Burns 7700 taking on Jonathan Martinez at 8500. I said those names inverted for a reason. Burns, a dog I like. He's plus 130. Martinez is minus 150. Thankfully, I'm sure the listeners would agree because of my voice. I'll do a little less talking this week, and you guys will hear more of Chris. So uh, yeah. I'll be here to pick up the slack. Guys. Let's see don't how worry. let's see how this goes. But don't worry, I will. I will be saving my voice to put either of these two in their place. Chris, how do you have this fight?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I I like Byrne quite a bit as a fighter in general. I think he's- Oh, we agree off the bat? Lame. (laughs) He's got a real, well, I'm trying to help you save your voice, man. No. I, um, I I like him as a fighter in general. I, I think he's just a real regular meat and potatoes, like pressure, strong overhand, takedown guy. Um, he's durable. Um, he's, he's, he's powerful enough to hurt you. He doesn't have knockout power or anything, but- He's powerful enough to change the fight. And Jonathan Martinez is just sort of like, I mean, I don't know. He's got a good kicking game. He's got good jujitsu, jitsu but he, he's very um, willing to be pressured. And I think i think Byrne is going to be the stronger man in the clinch here. And so that's basically why I'm, I'm picking Byrne. I think that when this fight gets to the ground, um, Byrne's going to have to watch his arms, watch his neck, because um, Martinez has a good bottom game. But apart from that, um, in a card where we're hurting for dogs, as we said in the open, um, I think Byrne is a really good spot here at 77 on. I
2: actually don't like what I've seen from the bottom game of Martinez. All the more reason to like Byrne is a matter of Byrne hasn't shown that he can do much on top. That's what has to change here. But a grappling-based live dog at 7,700 in this card. Joe, you interested?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to be. The The trends are also moving in the direction of, of Byrne. There's, you know, the odds, the lines are tightening up. Um, the only thing I really like about Martinez is his camp. Um, you know, he, he's he's I think he's a factory X guy, which I, I kind of like. That's been a hot camp recently. Um, I just don't know that he's UFC ready. Um, Buren's also got his back up against the wall. I mean, Chinese fighter or no, he's coming up against two straight losses. I can't imagine um, the UFC would keep him around coming off of a third. I do think that the floor is much higher than the ceiling here, which. I guess is okay if you're looking for dogs. Um, I think he could be an interesting play in cash, although I'm not playing much cash this week. The GPPs are way too juicy. Um, I could see him, you know, again being having some safety, a safe floor in cash. Um, but again, I'm gonna, I guess, make it the trifecta here. I like. Uh, I'm gonna pick urine for the upset as well. Just that second. was
2: that was an awful time. cough. I had to cough the entire time you guys were talking. Yeah, I heard right. Joe. I heard Joe wrapping up, and I went, "Son of a." <laughs> 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 all right, Jalen Turner, eight thousand seven hundred, taking on Callen, or as Joe's going to call him, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. at seventy five hundred. Jalen Turner is the favorite, minus two forty five. Comeback on Potter is plus two hundred five. I like Turner a bunch. I will say, I my only concern with Turner is that he is boomer bust, and he is literally. This fight is days after his suspension, his medical suspension is up from his recent trip to the Shadow Realm that Vicente Luque gave him. Uh, other than that, I like Turner. Um, Joe, how about for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm the only thing that gives me pause is that one of our our good friends and someone who's been on a real roll lately has kind of endorsed. Potter a bit. Um, That gives me a little pause. However, you know my own independent research. You've got a 34 year old guy who has has fought on the Australian regional scene. um, Who has got no cardio. Who has, um, you know, essentially has to win on the ground. Oh, by the way, he's slow. Um, His striking defense is porous. Um, Going up against a dynamic striker. um, And here's what's really scary is that um and i know there's been much said about how this harry potter guy trains with with dan kelly however if you look at his gym um it's scary that he's actually the striking coach at his gym which i got to think like you know how hard up is the gym when harry potter is the striking coach um i like turner here yeah there's obviously some risk um if this fight goes outside of the first round quite honestly I didn't think he looked all that bad moving up a weight class, um, you know, in the first round against Luke. I mean, he actually – I believe he landed 31 significant strikes, which is impressive, you know, because he was clearly overmatched in fighting up a weight class. So, he actually
2: – he he won a large majority of that round. Yeah. He got knocked out at the end. You, you, If he doesn't get knocked out there, you could argue he won that round 10-9 against
1: Luke. Yeah, I, I thought he looked really good. I mean, you know, obviously it's hard to say someone looked good getting – getting destroyed, but I tell you
2: through the spinning back. Exactly.
1: exactly. I thought he looked pretty good in that fight. So, you know, and then the other, the other narrative on, on Potter is I, a lot of people are making, and this is just a general rule of thumb. A lot of people are making a big deal over and Potter has said it as much in interviews. Like I'm going to use my BJJ black belt. Like let's, let's tell people that all black belts are not created equal. You know, like if you're a Renzo Gracie black belt, I would probably put that up, and I'm not besmirching his accomplishments or saying that his teacher is inferior, but let's be honest. There are different levels of black belts and 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 who you study under to get it. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, I, I like Turner here quite a bit. I think it could get interesting if this fight gets outside of the first round, but um, I, I think Turner is a guy you should target, great inside the distance prop, um, high likelihood of a finish. Um, there is some risk, but um, I'm on Turner here big, in a big way.
2: Chris, how about for you?
3: Yeah. Um. In fact, I'm kind of curious of what our friend's argument was for Potter. Can you sum it up in like a sentence, Joe? I haven't read the whole thing. I said Joe, but it, it's mostly
2: that Potter didn't look very good and the grappling, which I didn't – the grappling I watched on Potter wasn't, wasn't – I mean, just body locks. Right, yeah. Which – I, I, Turner's just got to keep off, keep off his back. And the recent injury that, um, the, um, nasal fracture that Turner suffered that if he didn't get cleared by a doctor would have resulted in a year long suspension. Yeah. And that he's home in Australia. And just that he thinks Turner's overrated.
3: All right, um, fair enough, I guess. I, 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 I like, I like Turner a whole bunch here. Um, Joe, Joe mentioned it, um, in his, in his breakdown there. Um, Uh, Potter's just very slow and in his last fight on the regionals against the guy named BJ Bland, he was getting lit up by counter shots constantly because he's just such a slow striker. He strikes me as someone who has done well on the, on the regional scene, just by virtue of being the bigger guy in the weight class so that he can use his judo. And that's not really going to be the case here. I mean, he might be, he might have like a, like a, like a bigger, like, you know, filled in frame than uh, Jalen Turner, but uh, Turner's a long, tall guy. He's he's quite strong himself, so that's not going to be a problem here. And the speed, uh, Turner's got a lightning-fast jab. He puts his combinations together well. Um, I think the in-and-out movement, it's going to be hard for uh, Potter to even get a hold of him. If he does, that might be an issue, but, you know, I, I expect Potter to just light him up and, honestly, eventually finish him. So, yeah, I like him quite a bit, honestly.
2: All right, let's move on to Lando Venata at 9,300, taking on Marcus, Marcos Mariano at 6,900, the good friend of Anderson Silva. That's why he's in the UFC. Don't get it twisted. Venata, minus 430. Come back on Mariano slash Rosa. You see him listed in some places is plus 345. Chris, what do you think of our boy Groovy, who was 0-2-2 in his last four UFC fights?
3: Well, I think that he's fighting someone with the um, best nickname of all time, uh, Dalsim, uh of Street Fighter fame. And if you if you look at him, I mean the name's accurate. He's he's got maybe the longest legs I've ever seen on a fighter. He's sort of built, he sort of got that breadstick build where the legs are just really thin. And I mean, not not the most muscular guy in the world, but there it is. Um, the one thing the one thing it's odd that you notice about the guy when uh, when you first look at him is I, I think it's a criminal that a guy with legs that long doesn't have any jujitsu off his back. But he's he does is doing, he's, he's yeah.
2: on the ground.
3: Yeah, you know, it doesn't really make any sense to me. You would think a Brazilian guy with long legs would, that would just be a default, but I guess not. Um, You know, uh, those of you who follow this podcast um, might know that I've picked against Fanata in every uh, single fight he's had in the UFC. I will break that uh, record here. Um, Mariano is just way too inactive. He'll throw a head kick sometimes, um, but he just, he's way too prone to getting backed up. He has zero takedown defense. Um, I, I've, I've watched two, two fights of his. He was mounted in both of them. It doesn't look like he has defense to anything. And Vinata, um, look, he gets hit a lot. So is it out of the question he gets hit with a head kick? No. But the thing about Venada is he's very hard to hurt and uh, very hard to put down. He's been cracked in a lot of his fights, and he's come back swinging. So even if he manages to get hit with, like, a head kick or something because Venata always seems to get hit pretty hard – um, I expect him to come through it. I expect him to just be way too much for this dude who has lost by strikes before in his career. And I'm going to have a lot of Lando Venata, and I think you should too.
2: Uh, I'm assuming I'm going to have to steal some of Joe's thunder, but everybody forgets and hope, I am pray to God he uses it. Venata has a wrestling game. Yeah, He's got a D1 wrestling background he just doesn't use. Yep. Uh, Joe, how do you see this fight?
1: So first of all, like, let's everybody give some applause to the real Chris Olsen. I mean, you... You know, for those of you who think that, you know, central New Jersey and being a Renaissance man are polar opposites, you had Chris quoting poetry last week. Um, You know, this week he's making Street Fighter references. He is truly a man of the world. I am a man um, of the people, although Although he did, you know, momentarily get suspended from college for asking his female poetry prof- professor for some help with his Longfellow. Um, oh, no, he didn't appreciate no. that all that much. That, but,
3: that was weak. weak... Uh, in any weak case... <laughs> You no, know, he tried that out from, on I, Twitter first, and then they don't work there. And he brings. I, I stole that from Rodney Dangerfield
1: and Back to School. Anyway, good, uh, oh, yes, yes, great movie, great movie. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, here's here's the narrative. So believe it or not, the UFC gave Lando Venata a five fight deal. Um, now all from from what I understand, all UFC contracts are voidable if a fighter loses two in a row. So. I think what was happening is um, Anderson Silva doesn't like to fly by himself, so he said, "Hey, I got this buddy. I I would like him to travel with me from Brazil to to Australia." Um, You know, look, your your guy Lando needs a win. Um, You know, my guy want needs some frequent flyer miles, so let's like put him on a flight and send him to Brazil. If Lando does not crush here, I mean. I will lose all faith, and this could be the biggest pork chop I've ever eaten. So, yeah,
3: this will be a bad one. This should sure. be. A,
1: I gotta think that land. I mean, I will have maybe one share, of, just because I learned my lesson last week. I will maybe have one lineup, just because you know anything can happen. I will have one lineup with the other guy in it, but I have not done a lot of study on anyway, him. If that's there's one a, more than I'll have. I'll yeah. If it, if um, this it. is a, if this is a gimme spot. Uh, I. It's the definition of gimme spot. So. Yeah, I'm all, all over Lando.
2: Yeah, if I end up losing because Marcos Mariano beats me, then you know what? I'll just move on to next week.
3: Yeah, really. <laughs> all
2: right. Uh, Teruto Ishihara at 6,800, taking on Kung Ho Kang, who's priced up at 94. 90- 400. The odds on this one, Kang's the favorite, minus 360. Ishihara, the comeback is plus 300. Yashibo is 1-4 and four in his last five with that one win coming under oh, against Rolando Dai, who is, you know, a really strong – no, he's not good, guys. He's a terrible fighter. Um to Ishihara, he lost to Artem Lobov, right?
1: He
3: did have mm-hmm. to, to the
1: GOAT.
2: He lost to the goat, so We can't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> do you think he gets back to his winning ways here, or does uh, Joe or does Kang bounce back after his split decision loss to Hamosh last time out?
1: I mean, obviously, the, the narrative here is that, you know, based on his recent performance, that split decision loss against Hamos is not looking all that good. Um, however, um, look, ishitara e. has got a puncher's chance, which is why I'll have a few lineups of him. However... For those of you that want to know what Ishihara is all about, go watch the Greg Maynard fight, where Maynard, you know, who's basically a a shot fighter himself and who I believe is since retired, took him down, I believe, 11 or 12 times in that fight. There's no reason to expect that Kang will not do the same here. Um, So, you know, even at his price point, I I think he offers better value than the guy at the top. Um, Although I will have a few shares, again, of Ishihara because he does have heavy hands. Um, so, but I like Kang quite a bit here.
3: What's that about for you? Yeah. Um, you know, each is kind of interesting to me. I'm not picking him here, but I, I think you could be forgiven in a card. That's hurting for dogs. As we said, for giving him a shot. I mean, he's, he's a pretty good in and out striker. Um, he, um, he's been used, trying to integrate wrestling a little bit more recently. It's not um, good. Well, no, you know, it's fine. He, I mean, he did. He did have a nice blast double on uh, Peter Yan. It didn't last. It didn't amount to anything, but, you know, he did land it. Um, I think that this is going to be a much more forgiving matchup for Ishihar than it will, than um, uh, Gray Maynard or the uh, aforementioned Peter Yan, who are, who are way more, um, you know, su- uh, suffocating pressure fighters. than no, Kang is really,
2: huge, by the way. Really much oh, yeah, no, Kang is he's enormous he's for this weight fast. class.
3: Sure, yeah. But, um, you know kong is very he he very much goes with the with the flow of the fight and by that i mean if if you let him pressure you um he, he can pressure you but if you take that pressure from him he will let he will let you back him up and i think i think ishihara is going to have some success pressuring i think he's going to have a lot more space to do what he wants to do um uh kong is is, is basically a counter striker he's he's a good solid striker he's got power the only reason I, I would say, you know, you really got to be kind of cautious with Ishihara here in general is because uh, Kong is actually quite a strong wrestler. And I would say probably stronger than Ishihara. He's uh, almost certainly a better grappler than Ishihara is if the fight does go to the ground. So for that reason, I um, I, I, have to, I have to end up picking Kong here. I will say that um, Ishihara's, some of his takedown defense against Minner didn't look that bad. Um, but I don't know how that, how that can hold up um, in three rounds. I got Joe left, and so we'll, we'll see what that's about in a second. But um, but yeah, I mean, what's that? 6,800, 6, right? Wow, Ishitara, huh? Ishitara, yeah. oh. Ishitara, sixty eight
1: hundred, no. right? Yeah. No. no, I think he's seven two. No, he's.
2: Uh, oh, was he sixty eight? Sixty eight. Okay.
1: Sixty
3: eight. yes. All right, all right. No, our next fighter is seven two. Okay. So I, I mean, a, a guy who can. Who can surprise with power? And I mean, look, uh, Guido Canetti hurt um, Guang, uh, Kong in their fight. Uh, Ramos was was hitting them with some good shots. Now, I mean, uh, Ishihara is not really the combination puncher that Ramos is or has been. He wasn't in his last fight for God knows what reason. But um, I think Ishihara is live here. Maybe not like live enough to um, take a bunch of shots on. But if you need a couple differentiators and something that might break the slate, yeah, give it a shot.
2: All right, we spent enough time talking about Toruto Ishihara. Let's move on Not to Kai, Kai Kara France at 9,000, taking on Raulian Paiva at 7,200. Raulian is plus 190. You should just call him Paiva. I went back to the first name because I butchered it the first time. Kai Kara France minus 230. These are flyweights. Um, I was impressed with Kai Kara France, um, on the ultimate fighter. Um, didn't get a contract, lost in the seventies. rattled off a bunch of wins. One is UFC to get into the UFC, one is UFC debut against Elias Garcia. And here he is in a dying division taking on a Dana White Tuesday night contender series, Brazil alum in Paiva. Chris, how do you have this fight?
3: Yeah, um, I, I like Kai kara Frantz a lot here. My only question will be um, if he's able to get a finish. He, he's up against a guy who's never been finished by strikes. Um, the 1801 record is, is kind of inflated. Um, it's not. It's not infl- inflated. You like it? Yep. Yeah, I'll, and I'll tell you why when you're done. I I, I would love to hear it. But um, uh, his 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 fight in the contender series it was just so worrying because to me because it's a guy who doesn't have a lot of power. He um, uh, Kai Kara Francis fast hands and his opponent basically any any time he wanted to to throw you know a one two combination was really landing uh, pretty cleanly and bouncing off the guard, especially in round two when he got tired. I mean, he was basically a stationary target. What saved him in that fight was his wrestling and scrambling ability. Um, and we saw in the in the Garcia fight that Kaikara France is no slouch in that department. So while, I, while I'm willing to probably concede that um, the, the opponent has better jujitsu here, I think... Um, Kaikara France could at least make that competitive if they go to the ground, maybe get back to his feet. And once they're on the feet, I don't think this is going to be very close at all. So my pick is France. You have to decide if he can get a finish, if he's worth the price, um, but to pick to win the fight is France.
2: For me, before Joe goes, this fight is just – it comes down to Kaikara France. I think it's faster and more technical. And Paiva is younger guy, more room to grow, and bigger, and probably a little stronger. Joe, that being said, okay, we
1: so, have it. So, um, I'm going with the dog here. Um, again, I am not telling people not to use Kaikara France, but there this is a this is a ca- cautionous caution tale of recency bias and narrative. So, the recency bias is obviously people are looking at what KKF did against, you know, the pettis cousin, who I don't think is a very good fighter. Um the series of wins post Ultimate Fighter that KKF has rolled off. We're on the the very competitive Chinese regional scene. Um, he has got seven losses, six of which occurred in in very suspect regional scenes um, or regional promotions. Now, why is the eighteen and one record of of Pava not uh, not suspect? Um, I looked at each one of his opponents. Um, one, I'd argue that the regional promotion in Brazil is better than the Chinese regional promotion and even the Australian regional promotion. Um, you know, he, he, most of his opponents had winning records. Um, if not, yeah, yeah, the vast majority of them did. Um now here's the here's the real narrative and what uh, Pavi is fighting for. So after he won that split decision on the Dana Whites contender series, uh, he went out not exactly that night, but, you know, after that, Went out with his girlfriend. Um, someone g- grabbed her or or groped her, um, not wanting to kind of get into an altercation and jeopardize, you know, his, his UFC contract. He decided to be the bigger man and walk away. He got on his motorcycle. His girlfriend got on the back. The uh, person who groped her and this person's friend got in a car um, at a stoplight. They crashed into the motorcycle with the car. Both went flying. Kaikara uh Pavia got injured, the girlfriend got put into a coma and died several days later. Um, you know, I am telling you why we're this guy is motivated about... to win. We're so, so, it's got so to retirement, the girlfriend's father came up to him and said, "Dude, we're so proud of what you did. The best way to honor my daughter is for you to continue fighting." So, that's what this guy is fighting for. That's the narrative. I know I'm Mr. Narrative. Um, look, I I I I don't think Kai Kara France is a world beater. I would say use him, but um, 18-1, and I don't think the record's inflated. Um, I am going to take a shot um, as a dog. You know, we are looking for dogs here. Um, I'm going to go with the Brazilian. Um, There's enough Brazilians on this card where he shouldn't feel like he's a fish out of water. Um, So I am going to go with him, um, although I will have shares of KKF, but he will be my least owned fighter in that upper tier.
3: Okay, I just need to say really quickly before we, um, his last three opponents, the the before the contender series, the first guy down has has a good record. I think it's thirty two and seventeen. The two before that have both have losing records. So I think we could say it's a mixed bag. Um, yeah, but like yeah, th- th- those are probably the only two. Where there might be one more that has a. Uh, 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 I mean, he's still fighting fighters with losing records, Joe. Let's get by. Let's
2: go to Shane Young at 9,100, taking on Austin Arnett at 7,100. Young is the favorite, minus 320. Arnett, plus 260. Uh, For me, Arnett gets hit a lot. I want to know and isn't very good. He won against the gassed-out Humberto Banditai last time out. What, Shane Young, are we going to see? The – you know, he made his UFC debut on short notice, up weight class against Volkanovski, and now he's got Orlando die. D. die, D. Is who he won last time, won against last time out, and I, I said earlier D. is terrible, and he is. But which Shane are we going to see in that fight? He was pressure, move forward, aggressive. He was Volkanovski-esque in that fight, and he that kind of guy could have great success against Arnett, who I don't think is very good, Joe. Unless you have any sad stories, let's keep the fight breakdown here. No sad
1: stories. Young um, <laughs> Younger Arnett? The, 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 the story is that Young scored 130 DraftKings points that in that true. fight. Now, I, I looked at, like, my mental recollection of that fight was that he did not look overly impressive against Die, because everybody else seems to finish Die very quickly. However, when I went back and looked at it again and had some conversations with our, our good friend Mr. Apley, um, he reminded me that, like, he really racked up DraftKings points. I also think he's probably going to be underowned. owned um, You know, uh, he has – he looked – you know, look, a short-notice replacement going to decision against Volkanovski, that actually has a pretty good look. Um, and I thought he was just going to dominate die, which is maybe why I was mentally – my recollection was that he didn't, you know, look as good as he should have. However, I think he'll be lesser-owned in the upper tier – um, I certainly like him a lot more than Adesanya um, in DraftKings for his upside. So I am um, on Young in a pretty big way here.
2: Chris, are the we going to move to through say, this fight quickly or no? Huh? Are we going to be able uh, to move through this fight quickly or no?
3: Absolutely not. Um, the oh, first thing – Are you was, an Austin Arnett truther? No, 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 I'm not. But I, the first thing I have to bring up is I think we're being awfully hard on Orlando D here. I mean, he's at least a, a, a serviceable kickboxer. I mean, he's not no. like – Course he is. He he hurt what's his name in their fight? He went to decision with him. For I who? mean uh, what, what's his name? You know, you know, uh the leech, lee Jing Long. Yeah. so anyway, uh, that's that's it that's a that's a derailment. Wait, wait, he, wait, he, wait, he also wait. said uh Ishihara has got good takedown. Wait, 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 wait.
1: <laughs>
2: he's, he's never he's never fought Lee Jing Yes, he did. Lee Jing is a Walter weight. Am I
3: all right, now I got to check
2: this out. Rolando many... D is a bantam weight.
3: Yeah, dude, you're, you're missing a few weight classes
1: here. Well, who Rolando, Rolando
2: D is one in three in the UFC. That win is over Raleigh G. which. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think he fought Kang, right?
2: He fought. He lost to Shane Young. He lost to Truto Ishihara. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know to, who he know. And he lost of to, of to Alex Casares.
3: I don't know who I'm thinking of at the moment. I have yeah. to think about it. But anyway, yeah. all right, disregard that whole thing. Anyway, um, I, I like Shane Young a lot here. I think. Um, by the way, if anybody in chat knows who I'm thinking of, please shout it out because it's gonna bother me. If
2: you if you want to make fun of him, go ahead and type. Type types and no, fun don't him.
3: do that. Don't listen. Don't
2: Somebody just said we love we love Chris. He and needs to help. Upset, to help. And somebody else is upset at Joe for not making a Chase Sherman or. Um, uh, who was it, guys? Chase Sherman or... James Tahuna James, James Tahuhu, Tahuna reference. End, well, so. our boy
1: Chase, like, I want him back in the UFC. I got college to pay for. Like, he's coming off of, like... He's, he's
2: going to win his first fight back and bankrupt. Too. We all
1: know We all know that Chase Sherman is great against under undersized Chinese fighters who fight on the Chinese
3: regional scene. So, let's bring him back to the UFC so I could pay off college. They're going to give him Yao Yu, Now, I'll, I'll actually try to go pretty quick since I, I wasted a lot of time with my nonsense. Um... I, I like Shane Young a lot here. I, I consider him to be like a poor, like a like a like a poor man's co, uh, Corey Sandhagen. Um, he's he doesn't have as good in and out movement. He's not quite the wrestler or the leg kicker, but he does, he um he he can get creative with his combinations. He likes to pressure. He's a good boxer. He can wrestle a little bit. Also, he's good at reactive takedowns, which I like a lot in this matchup against the guy in Austin Arnett who's a who's um eventually or sometimes at least going to try to flurry forward. I think it's good to have that wrestling in his back pocket. Uh, Joe mentioned already that he that he racked up a lot of points. He can take quite a shot. Um, he took he took a lot of he took a lot of clean shots from uh, Rolando D and kept moving forward. So the durability is going to be important here. And I, I don't think the Volkanovski loss means anything. I mean, Volkanovski is pretty much swallowed up everybody he's ever fought. So um, not really concerned about that. I like Shane Young and Tong here. I agree that he's going to be under-owned probably in the sea of you know $9,000 players. I think he scores big, and um, I'm going to have a lot. Of- Devontae Smith,
2: 8,600, taking on Dung hung Ma, who has changed his name. It was Dung hyung Kim, the maestro. Um, now it's Dung hyung Ma, who is the underdog at plus 215. The comeback on Devontae Smith is plus 255. Chris, how do you have this fight?
3: Um. Yeah, I, I I basically think that this fight can. Um, I think Ma has a has a path to victory. I think if he uses, you know, his um his his you know clinch wrestling and um his grindy style up against the fence, like we've seen previously, I think he can win because we've seen uh, Devante's takedown defense um, is not great. He uh, famously lost to John Gunther um, in a fight where he. Probably should have won. I mean, we don't he give just, enough credit. He gassed,
2: he gassed out.
3: He did. And, I mean, we don't give enough credit to how tough Gunther is because if you watch that first round. It's a miracle he didn't die in the cage. But um, be that as it may, um, in, in his contender series fight, Smith had a guy in on his legs, and he finished him with the um, the Travis Brown elbows. But that's not takedown defense. You can't rely on that every time. And so um, it does really it does worry me. Um, If Ma uh, tries to wrestle, um, I think he could have some success there. But otherwise, um, uh, I think uh, Smith is just going to be much faster. Uh, He hits way harder. And um, he's way more aggressive. I think um, Ma, when he's not clinch wrestling, he likes to basically have a slow one-shot kickboxing match. And um, Devontae Smith is not going to be having that, I don't think. So – I think um, this fight can go one of two ways. I think pretty early on you're going to know which fight you're going to get, but my money is going to go on Devontae Smith for the knockout. Uh,
2: my take on this fight is that it's Devontae Smith really early or Duncan Ma is going to run away with it. Um, I will say someone in chat, John Owen, just that he's a Chris Olsen truther. So if we can figure out a way to ban
3: John Owen, that would be good. No, <laughs> I'm going to be – Sending him some swag. to the VIP area. He's gonna come right this way, Joe. How do you have this fight? Well,
1: I mean, look—we all know Chris has got very low standards for takedown oh, defense. Geez. I mean, you know, when 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 he says Ishitara, who's got who got taken down? Oh my God! Watch the fight again, Joe. Dude, dude, how? Like it, that's like saying like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest is is good. Right. I mean he he got,
3: taken, <laughs> he got taken down twelve times. I, I mean, know, but in between there, there were <laughs> things they did. It's not uh, that's not a oh contradiction. My god. At all. God. Okay.
1: Oh my god, my god, my god. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay anybody so, curious can watch the fight. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, watch that fight. I was there live at it. Um okay. So I had a better talk, view than you did then. Uh, you probably did. Let's talk about um this fight. Um, I, I kind of agree with everything you guys said. I mean, I think Smith early i mean if he if he if the fight gets later in in distance uh you know smith could i mean let's let's not forget maestro in that fight of the year against polo reyes um that was an, an awesome fight um we know he could take a punch um but uh, and he's been off for a while too i think he's he's coming off of a pretty sizable layoff here um so that's that's kind of part of the narrative too um let's say smith i'm not nearly as confident in the pick um, but I think – I do think that if he sticks around, Ma could could kind of steal this, you know, steal this decision if he stays around. But I guess officially I'll pick Smith.
2: Jimmy Crute, 8,300, taking on Smiling Sam Alvey at 7,900. Crute, the favorite, minus 135. Comeback on Alvey is plus 115. Joe, break it down.
1: Okay, so it's a perfect stylistic matchup for Alvey. I mean, you've got a guy that is a pressure-forward fighter – against a, a guy who likes to fight moving backwards and counter punches. So stylistically, this is a great fight for Alvy. Now, there, I do have some concerns here. Alvey is generally not a good DraftKings play when he is priced up as a favorite. Um, there has been some odds movement in Alvy's favor here. I mean, um, he's very close to having odds value on this card. Now, obviously, short notice, flying to Australia. Um, he does have a lot more experience... Um, I certainly think that, you know, looking for those sub eight K guys that Alvi should be given some consideration. However, you know, his ceiling is very low um, because he is not a high volume guy. Um, however, if he does win, even with that low ceiling, given his price point, he could still be a worthwhile play. Um
2: one, the ceiling is like 105 though, which isn't it's not terrible.
1: Well, I mean I don't even you're giving them a much higher ceiling than I, that that's that's if he gets a finish.
3: If he gets a finish. Well, that thing, is part, part of the ceiling. ceiling. It may be a, it may be a
1: small part, but it is right. a part of the ceiling. Yeah, I think the more realistic ceiling is a decision when with you know for, for no grap- no grap- grappling points for Ali, yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, see,
2: I disagree. I think Alvy's path to victory is the counter knockout. Well, look, it's the I, first I, round I 100, run, love 100 love the that. second
3: round 80, the third round six. I would love yeah, that. But uh, we, we've seen him take his share of boring decisions. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, think he, I, I don't think that's he, the he'll more do it again. Outcome. outcome. I don't okay, think. Okay. It, well, it, you it, know, maybe Croot gases
1: out. You know, look, I I was not super impressed with Croot last time. I thought he looked okay. He kind of got the finish after his opponent gassed. Um, I'm going to actually, despite my concerns about the short notice, Alvi is not nearly cutting nearly as much weight now that he moved up to light heavy. So, I mean, if this was, if this fight was at middle weight, knowing some of the struggles he had cutting to middle, I would be a lot more concerned about the short notice. I'm going to, I'm going to pick Alvy here.
2: See, I, I like Crute for his volume and, but Alvi live in GPPs for the knockout power. Uh, Chris, you on my side or Joe's side?
3: Well, I have my own concerns about Sam Alvey, uh, namely that he's Sam Alvey. That's
2: the <laughs> hey, um, he is a treasure, my friend.
3: Oh, God, I can't. I'm picking, I'm picking
2: against him, but yeah. he is still like he—he's in the MMA Facebook groups. He talks to people like he's. A no, yeah, dude.
3: no, you're right, you're right. But I mean, so does so does Ben Saunders. I mean, we pick against him all the time. I like Ben Saunders. He's, he's still a good dude.
2: I don't no,
3: no, to- I know, but I mean, we got to be cold and rational here, my friend. We do, um, but. Um, Look, I I honestly can't believe we've come this far and nobody's mentioned that gee, he just got knocked out by uh, Lil Nod. Nod. I, yeah. think that, I, think bear, I think that I think that bears I think that bears mentioning. Um, I also think. Look, I I think the reason he got knocked out as badly as he did was because he actually tried to be first in that fight a lot more than he had recently. He was actually he was popping a jab out there. You know, he was trying to he was trying to throw combinations. The problem is he's such an upright janky striker and that's never going to change and so when he tries to go first he just leaves himself so wide open and he gets caught and when you when you try to brawl with him he almost he almost does a windmill um, with his arms and the the only the only thing that he can do which is why all, most of his fights look the way they do is plant his feet and land the counter shots and he's good at it they're fast they're you know accurate but I mean look Kai Cara France has fast hands he's defensively responsible he um I mean that's about it uh, we know that from his last fight that he he's did got you jiu- Kai, wait wait you say Kai Cara France
1: it's it, it's not him Wrong jimmy, Kru, jimmy, Kru, jimmy okay.
3: Thank you um we know that <laughs> we know from uh, the last fight that he's got that he's got jujitsu he's not he's probably they're probably not gonna use it here Alvi is notoriously difficult to take down um I just I just don't think it's gonna matter I don't think uh, like Alvi how much money has been spent on guys saying well this time Alvi's gonna I mean he basically fights the same way and when he tries to come out of his comfort zone he gets he gets punished for it he needs a very specific kind of fight uh to win uh, namely like Marcin Prochnio, like literally a guy who's gonna just keep his hands down and, and march forward at him that 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 kind of guy he, he can he can be pretty easily Otherwise, I don't have a lot of faith. And if you, in case you can't tell, I'm taking Jimmy Crude here. I think 8,300 is a great price. I'm going to be all over. All right,
2: let's move on to my most confident pick of the night: Montana Delarosa 8,800 taking on Nadia Kassem at 7,400. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Delarosa minus 255, Kassem is plus 215. Chris, do you know which way I am leaning in my most confident pick of the night?
3: I hope so. Um, I, I, I think you're going to lean with me with uh, De La Rosa. Dear um, God, yes. The, wait, I, I mean...
0: This well, is
2: what well, I'll do. Cool. I'll do a tiny bit of intro. Sorry to cut you off. I'm not I'm bad. Over. This is yeah. how strongly I feel about it. Al- Nadia Kassem won her UFC debut against Alex Chambers, who was basically an Adam weight fighting at straw weight, and Alex Chambers took her down three times. And each of those times... Kassem was able to sweep her. Montana De La Rosa has fantastic BJJ. If she ends up on top, this fight's over. Nadia and, Kassem missed
1: and Kassem weight by five pounds in that fight.
2: Yeah. It's like Kassem, I get De La Rosa's striking isn't good. There's going to be times to fade her. I just look if Nadia Kassem takes my money, Nadia Kassem takes my money. Um, am I a little worried about the ceiling of De La Rosa? Like she doesn't get it down in the first round; it takes her a little bit, and she only scores seventy or eighty. Sure, but I'm also getting a discount off those nine thousand dollar fighters, and people tend to avoid women's mixed martial arts fights. Uh, all like I like De La Rosa as a play, especially in tournaments. Okay, Chris, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Okay, I like De La Rosa too. But I, I picked her in our, in our official. Staff picks. I am not quite as common for a couple of reasons. Um, Ninety percent, yeah. The takedown defense is awful, but there are there are certain things to like. Um, she's an, she's an active striker. She can throw in combination. Um, she has good jujitsu jitsu off her back. So I'm kind of dubious about the fact that no, yes, 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 yes. Not yes.
2: against Delarosa. Delarosa is no. Line. Okay, uh,
3: Delarosa has a good crushing top game. I'll give you that, but it that doesn't mean that she can't get anything done even if even if it's just to you know create a sweep somewhere now to be clear i am i think that De La Rosa will get it done if she gets on top but i do think it's something that needs to be mentioned that she's active off her back because you know not 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 a lot of people are uh throwing up submissions so i think that's worth mentioning but i am going to go delarosa here i actually think De La Rosa, like if you look at her two fights between the First fight off the Ultimate Fighter, and then the last one. I think her striking has has come leaps and bounds already. Because, I mean, it's she's never going to be a great striker probably, but they they, they, they basically just sat there. Okay, you're long. Throw your jab. Keep it out there. And and when they come to you, um, you can you can le- uh, step back and counter strike. And she's being very efficient and doing very well with a limited skill set, and I like that about her. The one other thing that um I just remembered that um. What kind of make me a little nervous is she, she we haven't really seen her aggressively go for takedowns. And so, I mean, if this is a kickboxing fight, it's a lot closer. So that kind of mm-hmm. makes me a little nervous. Um, but ultimately, I do think that, um, look, um, Kasem's takedown defense is just, is just way too bad for a wrestler not to exploit. I think she will. If she doesn't, it might get interesting. But um, I think the pick has to be uh, Montana.
2: Yeah, if Delarosa is not shooting within the first three minutes, I'll be screaming in my TV, even if I don't have a voice. Uh, Joe.
3: So at least, you
1: know, Delarosa has has a live in training partner, and the fact that her husband fights it the same way that she does, Charles Delarosa. Um, you know, look, Kasem is. Is it Charles? Yeah, yeah. That's his name, isn't it? That's her husband.
2: I'm—I'm I'm even thinking the wrong person's name. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: be, and they both fight at the same weight, which is kind of interesting. A lot of mistaken identities today. Yeah. Um. To because Sam, look, I, I, I I'm going to be looking more forward to the weigh-ins than watching her fight. If you catch my drift. No, trip. wait,
2: um, hang on. Uh, sorry, Charles. Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa is a featherweight from Massachusetts. You're thinking okay, of um, so, Mark De La Rosa.
1: Yeah, Mark. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. There okay, you go. Okay, uh, close Oof. enough. Okay. You yeah. Guys are good
3: killing good. me today.
1: Good that you caught that. <laughs> we got that. Good strange. that you caught that. Okay. Yeah. She. I knew. And I knew her. I knew her husband fought it pretty much the same way that she did. Um. Yeah. So look, Astro Girl took because I'm down too easy. Uh, a Muay Thai type fighter. Like I said, um, highly marketable. I'll leave it at that. Um. <laughs> you know, but I, I. I think this could be a good opportunity for Montana to, you know, show what she has. Um, and you know, kind of move up uh, the the 125 division. Um, obviously, this is the right weight class for Kasem as well, having missed weight by five pounds. Um, I think the weigh-ins there's there wasn't. Um, I think the weigh-ins were the traditional weigh-ins for this card. Um, so I, I don't. If anybody has anything, I did not have a chance to watch.
2: Somebody just said it took her a long time to weigh in today, and she looked a little rough.
1: Really? Okay. Any yeah? Any other color that people want to share in the weigh-ins? I've not had any opportunity to track how they I went.
3: I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah. Somebody, so, um, somebody in chat said um the Ishihara Wayne was intense just in case anybody wants to go back.
1: Oh, okay. well Ishihara is a character. Um yeah. okay so I'm gonna obviously pick Delarosa here.
3: Somebody was trying to take
2: Ishihara's girl last night at the, the, the club.
1: <laughs> one of one of his beaches. <laughs>
2: he got uh, <laughs> let's move on. I, I yep. open I opened us up to that. Yeah. Ricky Simone, 8,200, taking on Hani Yaya at 8,000. One of the most interesting fights on the card, in my opinion. And this is where things really pick up for me uh, in terms of really liking this card. Uh, Lines closed a little bit, although it was always close, but now both guys are minus money. Um, Ricky Simone, minus 115. Hani Yaya, minus 105. Simone, the relentless grappler. Yaya, the BJJ wizard. I lean towards Yaya just because... I don't think it's the case where the grappling is going to keep this fight I'm on the feet, where Simone would have an advantage. Yaya finds a way to get fights to the ground, and Simone can can be taken down. And if they stay on the ground for any length of time, I just think Yaya will find a sub eventually. But I do like both sides of this fight. I think it'll be a fun grappling-based fight that is good for DK. Um, I, Joe, on you for this fight.
1: Yeah, um... Uh... You know it's funny because I started the week liking Simone, and then I went and I rewatched his fight against Dishwali and how easy it was for him to get taken down. Um, I I have since come over to Rani Yaya. This is this is a pick'em fight. I mean, the only thing that gave me pause for concern was again, you know, the long trip. Um, I, I like that there are other Brazilian fighters on this card, um, which I think helps. Um, I I think. Outside of Charles Oliveira, I believe Ronnie Yaya has 11 different types of submissions that he in the UFC. Uh, I, you know, I, I've come kind of full circle now and I'm going to pick Ronnie Yaya. I think he will get a finish by submission. I, I am concerned about his gas tank. If this fight goes long, I think the I, I think the momentum could shift to Simone, who has better cardio um, if this fight goes long. But I'm going
3: to take Ronnie Yaya by submission.
2: Yeah, like we're both picking Yaya, but it it is a razor close fight,
3: mm-hmm. Chris. Uh, one uh, minor point of nittery here: if you if you came full circle, Joe, you'd be back on Simone. But uh, okay, fair enough. You went. He went. He did a one eighty. But but I did um, a one eighty. Okay. To, to be
2: fair, he's got you this time.
3: He, <laughs> he does have me. I will give. But, I will uh, give the Renaissance
1: but, man. Really, man. Yes. I'll give but, the Renaissance uh, man his due. <laughs>
3: But uh, as, as far as this fight goes, um, definitely close, definitely back and forth. I'm going to be picking Simone um, just because I think that um, for as great a, 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 at uh, BJJ as Yaya is, obviously, um, we haven't really seen him take subs off his back. We've seen him hit sweeps before and uh, things like that, of course. But um, the way Simone likes to get his takedowns up against the fence, those are going to be harder harder to do. Um I think Simone is a good enough scrambler uh, to get away from a lot of those situations, uh, a la David Tamer in the the last fight that we saw against Charles Oliveira. Um, He's obviously a a motor. He never stops. He's uh, a good DK play because we're probably going to have a lot of mat returns. And Joe mentioned it. Um, Look, we've seen him gasp before. Now, there were some extenuating circumstances in that Joe Soto fight. There was a big clash of heads. um, Sorry,
2: some, some, some. You just caught. I don't think there will be any mat returns because if this fight hits the ground, that's where Yaya wants to be. He's not going to get up.
3: No, he's but he's no, he He'll,
2: wants, he'll but play he, off his back. But he, he wants was, to be
3: a top. I don't. I don't think he'll play off his back for that. He'll I play think,
2: off his back and look for a sweep. I don't think, think he'll,
3: he'll get up. I think he'll look for sweeps, and if he can't get him, he'll, he'll try to get back to his feet. I don't. Mm. I don't see him throwing up submissions from his right. back.
2: I agree, but, or disagree, but okay. Go ahead, sorry.
3: Um. Okay, but um. uh yeah, so there was a lot of extenuating circumstances in that soto fight. Um first of all, Yaya tried to kickbox for like the first three minutes and got and that probably gassed him out because he's not really used to doing that. Then he took the big uh, cut to the head. So that all has to be considered, but we did see him gas out and uh Simone can go for days and, and can pro- uh, trit anyone's uh gas tank. Um uh yeah, it's 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 a tough call for me. I, I just think that on the feet, I think we I think we agree that it's Simone, and I just think that he is quick enough and his get-up game is good enough that he's not going to stay down for long if he if he does get taken down by Yaya. So I'm going to give a very slight edge to Simone here.
2: Israel Adesanya 9600, Anderson Silva 6600. I don't know what planet we're living on. Anderson Silva is minus 525. The comeback on Silva is plus 415. Look. I'm picking Adesanya. That's too wide. Adesanya at 9,600. You need a crap ton of points to pay off off value in what's going to be a striking fight. You better get it done in the first round. You better not be tentative. Um, I don't mind Silva as a cash game punt. I've said that all week. It's just, I'm picking Adesanya, but this close just feels, it's so hard for me to to see Anderson Silva at plus 415. Maybe that's my emotions getting in the way. Uh, Chris? Are you yeah. taking emotion totally out of it? Is is Adesanya going to
3: roll here? Well, you're about to get more emotional when you watch the weigh-ins because Anderson Silva <clears still throat> actually cried um, at the at the end of the weigh-ins when Joe Why? was talking. but Why? Uh, just because he said that um, you know the fight game meant everything to him, and he he was grateful to have this one last shot. He said um, because Dana has said Dana White has said, and I don't know if this is you know Dana says a lot of things, but he said this is a title fight, title eliminator for both guys. So. Um, that probably sparks Silva's interest. He probably really wants this fight. I don't think he's going to get it because he's very slow and at this point, and very um, tentative, and you know, very reticent to pull the trigger. Um, before he when he was reticent, it's because he was setting up a counter shot. Now I think it's because um, it's just starting to go, and I think that um, Israel Adesanya is way too quick. puts his co- combinations together. Um, uh, way too fluently, I, I think Silva is just going to get overwhelmed here. As much as I hate to say it, um, but the point of the 9600 is a good point. I'm actually wondering if it, if it doesn't make more sense just to stay off him because of that price point. Um, if and is he popular? It, 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 oh yeah, of course, of course. So that's another consideration. Um, if this fight ever goes to decision, I mean, it's just a disaster. Even if Adesanya wins, so. That's a consideration, but um, as much as I hate to say, it, unless unless um, Adesanya gets in there and is overwhelmed by the moment and the man, and we get kind of a staring contest, I think Adesanya is going to finish. Joe?
1: Yeah, I mean, I am I am not. It's well known I am not a member of the Israel Adesanya fanboy club. Um, I, I am eagerly awaiting the opportunity to, to fade him on the betting line. That will occur the first time he fights a wrestler. Um, unfortunately, although five years ago, I think this would have been a perfect stylistic matchup for, uh, Anderson Silva. Um, I just think the hand speed advantage is, is too much. Um, and the athleticism is too much for him in this fight. So as much as I want to fade Israel Adesanya, I think in some way this is going to help me because this is going to add to his legacy and make him like all that more a favorite when he goes against the guy like Jacare or Weidman. Um, so I, I reluctantly have to pick Adesanya here to win. However, um, I don't see how you get 12X, um, which is probably what you're going to need for a GPP here. Obviously, he is incredibly safe in cash. Um, but, you know, 9.6K, I just, you know, it's fadable, Um, you know, from that perspective. Uh, I will pick Sonya. I don't mind having a share or two of, Silva um, in GPPs. I don't like him in cash. I think they're a better cash place. Um, but if you want to have a share or two of him in case he just brings the magic back, that's fine. But I am reluctantly having to pick out uh, of here. As much as I cannot wait for that opportunity to fade him.
2: Yeah, someone, <clears throat> excuse me. Someone in chat just said, "Has anyone had an easier?" It was Michael. I by the way. Should give credit. Has anyone had an easier path to a title shot? Vittori injured Tavares. Brunson, old Anderson Silva. Way to Michael. go. What's the, Who is
1: this again? Michael.
2: Michael, I don't know. I'm, Michael,
1: if I, I Michael, if I don't, I don't follow you, DM me so I could follow you because you you <laughs> are the voice of reason, mate. Well, um, that's the,
3: that's the wonderful world of uh, Middleweight, I
1: guess. Yeah, you need to yeah, you are I mean, Tavares had multiple injuries going into that fight. And I was with a member of his camp at that fight who told me that they were debating whether to allow him to fight. He could barely bend over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, so That's why he didn't get to – I'd love to see that fight again. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, Michael. Shout out. Way to go. You and I are going to
3: fade him together. So let's move on. Well, look at that. You earned a fan there, Mike. Main
2: event time. Robert Whitaker, 8,900. Kelvin Gastelum, 7,300. Whitaker, the favorite in his home country, minus 225. Gastelum, the comeback is plus 205. Whitaker coming off – speaking, by the way, of relatively – easy paths to uh, a title fight. Yeah. Really, Gastelum's had one good win, and that was against Jacare Souza. When Souza accused him of greasing mid-fight, for what it's worth. Other than that, uh, Michael Bisping, who was destroyed weeks earlier, he lost to Chris Weidman before that, so he's only won two fights in a row. Vitor Belfort, all right. Um, Tim Kennedy, the ghost of Tim Kennedy, the ghost of Johnny Hendricks. He lost to Neil Magny. He beat the ghost of Nate Marquardt and lost to Tyron Woodley. Like, his only good win is his UFC debut, of, or um, not his debut, his win over Jake Ellenberger, his um, submission win. Other than that, man, but Styles make fights. Here we go. I'm picking Robert Whitaker, but... Kelvin, I I have this. Kelvin, the way I see this fight going is that ultimately Kelvin has that really, you know, basic one-two, but it's basic, but it's effective. Whitaker is by far the more well-rounded mixed martial artist. I wish he went for takedowns more often. He has good defensive wrestling. Obviously, Yoel Romero did not take him down in two fights. Uh, He beat Jacare. He beat Brunson. He is still underrated. I think. Here's my one concern. And it, it, it just it, it parallels everyone saying Whitaker's got an iron chin and Gastelum's not going to be able to take him down and Whitaker will drag him into deep water and, and get a decision or a victory. And ultimately that's where I see this fight going. But at 7,300, Gastelum, if he wins, is on the optimal lineup. There's a lot of people in Whitaker's price range, I think, who have higher ceilings. And we've seen what back-to-back wars against the same fighter, a guy like you, El Romero, can do to you. Everyone was saying the same thing. Robbie Lawler is invincible. Robbie Lawler is invincible. He's been through those wars with Carlos Condon. And the first punch Tyron Woodley landed, he went clean out cold. I'm not calling for it here, but it could happen. Gaslam does have a wrestling background, which he mostly uses defensively, but is still, I don't think he's going to land any here. Romero couldn't take down Whitaker. He just has good boxing, and he hits hard. Whitaker should win this fight. I just, for me especially after last week, and maybe it's just a little bit of, it definitely is some recency bias. I'm stacking. If you're playing me in cash games, I'm stacking. I'm, I'm not getting burned like I got burned last week, just playing a Sun Tzow. So I'm going to stack this fight because I do think um it'll, there'll be active strikers. Maybe not a ton of takedowns, but I think we'll see points here. I am picking Robert Whitaker, but I'm going to have plenty of Kelvin Gastelum in GPPs because he fits well, and if he wins, he's on the optimal lineup. Joe, what do you got?
1: So I don't think this is a good fight to stack. Um, although well, I rarely, I rarely do, but um, yeah. I'll tell you why though. I don't, in particular, because I don't see any grappling points here. I think I see this as purely a stand-up fight. So are um, you?
2: Are you? Would you prefer? Who in that range do you prefer in cash, or would you just go all the way down to Anderson Silva? Uh
1: no. I mean, look, I think, uh, I think Buren is is probably safer. And cash, He's, but not I mean,
2: cheap. He's not cheap enough to, to for you to fill out a okay. roster.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. you know I look. I even like my guy. Pavia, oh, sorry. But um, okay, but um, the other thing here is this. Like, okay, so the way I see this fight is that I, I see it completely being a stand up fight. I do agree with you, Sean, that if either one of these fighters is going to be in the optimal lineup, it's probably going to be Gastelum. Um, you know, with the upset, I don't know that I see a scenario. Gastelum has never been knocked uh, knocked out. Um, I don't see a scenario or too many scenarios where Whitaker makes the optimal lineup here. My one concern is this, and, and I talked about this on my AlphaPod with Brett. Um, Whitaker has been very public about the fact that he survived 10 rounds with a monster. Um, you know, is he maybe overlooking Kelvin a bit here? I mean, um, in terms of stand-up, I, I see Kelvin Gastelum as having the hand-speed advantage and Whitaker is having the, the, the punching power advantage. Um, so I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I don't know that Gastelum could knock him out. I mean, I suppose it could happen. I, I more likely see a, a decision here. Um, both of these guys are ex-welterweights that moved up to middleweight. Um, I am going to pick Whitaker here, although I will have a fair number of shares of Gastelum. I just don't see Whitaker as being a guy in that tier who's going to be on the optimal lineup. I could be wrong, but I'm going to pick Whitaker. But I think you could certainly fade this fight in GPPs if you wanted to, um, unless you really felt strongly about Gastelum, in which case he would be a steal at 7.3K. But I I think you could fade this fight in GPPs if you wanted to.
2: I have the exact opposite opinion. I'm going to be pretty heavy on this fight. Um, Interesting. Chris?
3: Yeah, um you know it, it's funny I, th- I think we can, can all you know take a moment to reflect on on, on the greatness that is Robert Whitaker for a second um when, when you when you watch his tape I mean he really is kind of a remarkable fighter he, he he gives you different looks all the time he can double up the jab he can body head he can hook straight I mean all different combinations he, he, he has been throwing more light kicks of late. I mean, Gaslam may be faster. I can see that, but it's not like a blowout. No, I think, I think. I
0: agree.
3: I think Whitaker's plenty fast. Um, and 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 I don't know that shit, that Gaslam striking defense is all that great. I mean, look, even in the third round of of that um of that Souza fight, he was he was lighting him up with big right hand. I mean, I mean Gaslam took all of them. Uh, credit to his chin. But um, I, I, think, I think he might be a little too hittable for a guy like Whitaker who's going to be in and out, who's going to be cutting angles, who's going to be uh, using his entire repertoire of strikes. Um, I, I think that Gaslam is – look, like I said, he got quick hands. He puts his combinations together. I just don't think it's going to be enough. And um, I can see that um, it, might be a, it might be hard to see a knockout, but Whitaker's always been a volume striker. That makes him a really good cash play. I think I think he's a well maybe not really maybe fine is a better word. I think he's a fine cash play at 8900. Um I think he takes this. I think he I think he picks Kevin Kelvin Gaston apart. Uh could be wrong, but that, that's how I see it going.
2: All right, that's what we got for UFC 234, but before we head out, we have to do our hot takes. Anybody got any hot takes ready? Hot Well, evidence.
1: that's my my guy Pavai getting the uh, upset victory over
3: uh Kaikara France.
2: That's that's I, that would that counts as a hot take for sure. Chris, you got one?
3: Yeah, so Ishihara by decision, that's hot enough, right?
2: Oh yes, yes okay. it is. How about I'll be I'll be a little specific here. The mm. I they gotta look at the look at the middle fights. Ten of tw- so massive scores incoming. At least ten of twelve fights end in finishes that count
3: good uh, enough wow yeah you i don't know, I, I, I mean right. i hope so that would make for that would make for a hell of a card i think
2: i i think this card is going to deliver i have 10 of 12 fights ending in a finish
1: and the yeah. highest scoring australian fighter is shane young
2: the highest scoring australian fighter shane young who else who else, who else mm, yeah
3: whitaker yeah. kkf you know
2: a lot of sonia's in there that's pretty hot yeah. all right yeah we'll the,
3: take it we're counting on a sign yeah, so okay yeah.
2: All right, so there we go, guys. That's UFC 234. Make sure and um, support this podcast. Like the video on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel if you are. If you are, make sure you also subscribe to RotoWire MMA and vice versa. If you're listening on the podcast stream. Jump over and subscribe on YouTube. RotoWire.com slash free 10 day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. I am the Daily Fantasy Sniper at the DFS Sniper. Joe is Sun Tzu at Sun Tzu S U N T S Z U. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Thank you guys for all your support. The podcast continues to grow each and every week. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, if you are in the uh, 2019 MMA Ironman, the season-long yes. contest I am running. The first contest has been sent out. That went out today because I was taking registrants all the way until the last minute.
1: 115,
2: 100, right, 100, 115 for a total wow. prize pool of, of $11,500. I kept it a little flat for uh year one. First prize, though, was still $2,000. Pay about the top 15% of the field, and we'll we'll change things up as we go um through. Um, so the contest came out today. Moving forward, if you are in, as soon as DK salaries are released, you'll have the contest right away. Any issues? Reach out to me on Twitter um, and and ask anything you want. If you have any questions? Um, hit me up there. And just
1: I- uh, let everybody know that it's a Sunday card next week, not a Saturday card. You have the President's Day holiday on Monday, so they're doing a Sunday night card.
2: It is ah. a Sunday card, which, which will be nice. I think we're still going to go on Fridays, correct, yes. gentlemen? Yep.
1: Probably,
3: yes. yes. Yeah.
2: Awesome. All right, guys. Um, nothing else. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next week.
3: Cool. All right. Thanks,
1: everybody. Thank you. Okay, let's make
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?